What if you were born with a disease that you always knew would kill you? And then what if all of a sudden you were given a second chance? Well, that's exactly what happened to me. And it's the question that we explore on the new podcast series, Breathless from Snack Labs. Join me, Jeremy Saunders, for a series that explores what it means to live and die, to love and to lose, and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now, wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, folks. Uh, this week... Bridie and I sit down with uh, our pal Jess, and Jess is your average, everyday person with a period, uh, only hers comes with a debilitating illness that she's been managing for over two decades. Uh, Bridie and I spoke to Jess about what's called premenstrual dysphoric disorder and all the approaches that she's experimenting with to bring relief uh, and restore balance to her menstrual cycle. So we hope you enjoy this uh, really lovely conversation. Uh, big thank you to Jess for showing up and uh, sharing her story with us. And uh, we'll see you all on the other side. <sighs> well, Woo, here we are. Let's talk about periods. I am so in. It seems like I love periods. Seems like such a good topic for a, a, for some reason the change of season because there's already like we're adjusting to mm. a new part of the bigger cycle. Mm. But then to like you know to to as someone who's been tracking my periods now for twenty months, I'm a I'm starting to get hip to a little bit of <sighs> a cycle that happens with me every month. And now that yeah. I'm aware, I don't feel. Like such 
a wild card. So you're still doing that fertility yeah. method yeah. tracking. Yeah. And cool. we're going to talk with with Jess about that that specific book as oh, well. Oh, as cool. One of, Sweet. One of Jess's references. The fifth vital sign, I believe, is the uh, title yes. of the book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So good. Well, welcome, Jess. Welcome yeah. So to good our, to have you. Our little Thank you. Podcast lounge. I've got a Thanks question. I've got a question just to kick off. And I don't know if either of you have the answer to this. I know Google does for sure. Okay. But why do we call it a period? That's a really good question. Mm. I've thought about it a lot because I don't really like saying like I'm on my period. Like I just, it's like I'm in the part of my cycle where I'm bleeding, but I also don't like I'm menstruating. It sounds so medical. Yeah. Menstruating is a, it doesn't feel good off. It doesn't roll off the tongue well. (laughs) Yeah. That's, I mean, are you Googling it right now, Jeremy? Is there an answer? Uh, I am Googling it. Yeah. Yeah. But, but, but please, I want to hear your thoughts there before, before. I I mean, I never thought about it and I love that question. I, yeah, same as you, Bridie. I don't like saying I'm on my period because as someone who also tracks your cycle, you think of your cycle more of something that's like in evolution and not just like start, stop. Mm. Whereas I feel like I'm on my period is like a start of something or a stop of something. Whereas it's more just like, I like the flow part of it more. So yeah, yeah, I sometimes say like I'm menstruating or I'm bleeding. There is no good really word for it. We're not really bleeding. Like I like to joke about that. I'll often be like, I'm bleeding to death. How are you? But I don't, it's not, it's not that, it's not that kind of, that sounds dangerous. You know, they're just, and I feel like a period period is like probably comes from stifling conversation yeah. about what bodily functions of, of that people don't want to talk about. Yeah. And it's not a fun word, which I think is why when I submitted some of my info about this talk, I was like, we're talking about periods in all caps. Cause it's just like an That's awkward right. word. <laughs> the period period. Can't find it. No, it's not very easy to find. Um, it, you know, I feel like I'm a pretty good Googler. Like I've got some like Google, I've got some Google skills, but mm-hmm. this is uh this is actually quite tough. Um, yep. So no, there we go. If you know, listeners, if you're out there in the world of uh, period science, uh, or period history, I suppose the history of periods, you might know, or language. Yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess the term period, like. You know, there's, a, there's lots of definitions for period. A span of time. A span of time. A certain span of time. I'm on the, I'm at that period. That period of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How do we feel like about that. moon cycle? I'm on my moon. Well, I, fuck, you are on a moon. We're all on a fucking moon cycle. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. I don't really like on my moon either. Yeah. I, really I don't, mean. I don't think a lot of people would know what you mean when you say that. There's a very specific group yeah. of people that are like, yeah, yeah, I get you. <laughs> it's my moon time. Yeah. So Jess, what was the, uh, like, what was the impetus of this? How did you, how did we connect? Uh, how did you and Bride decide, yeah, we're going to sit down. We're going to talk about periods for a bit. Yeah. Um, well, I'm super stoked to be here because I'm a longtime listener. I've been listening to your podcast since almost its evolution. Cool. Um, I'm a fan and yeah, I learned many moon cycles. Yeah. Yes. yes, Many periods ago. (laughs) Listen to it on many periods. Um, yeah, I'm a fan and just like listening to the podcast and I've learned so much over time. And I think I've always kind of at the back of my mind thought that I would want to go on and talk about some of my experiences around periods, but I never felt like I had 
that much to say or like that it was that impactful. And yeah, I've kind of had some like more recent updates in my life with respect to my menstrual cycle. And I thought I'd give it a go and come on the podcast and talk about that. Amazing. I love it when worlds collide too or like crossover. And was was Jeremy, we're all, all three of us are Moto yoga teachers, formerly Moksha yoga teachers. Was Jeremy at your teacher training, uh, Jess? Uh, He showed up. I think you came for like a couple days. So I think... We Listen, may have met one time, like really briefly. But was, yeah. it, was it Montreal or uh, Victoria? No, it was LA 2014. Holy. Yeah. Wow. yeah. Yes. So you came for my 30th birthday. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Oh, came that's down, what it was. Su- yeah. Surprised you for your 30th birthday. It was and awesome. Andy Dick hit on you and I almost punched Andy Dick. Well, that's a story for another time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not talking about dicks today. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> um, so Jess, so you so you mentioned you've been tracking your cycles, your period cycles for your menstrual cycles, your womanly cycles now. I now you can't I don't even know if that's a comfortable. Nope. That's not comfortable nope, anymore. It isn't. <laughs> no, it didn't feel comfortable coming out of my mouth. Yep. Um and why did why what spurred that? Because it it you know, you'd think it would just be something we were taught in school. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, but we weren't, so. No. Um, So yeah, I got my first period when I was, I think, right before my 12th birthday. And I'm 32 right now, so that's 20 years. Um, And my periods have always been awful, like god awful. Um, And growing up, like I have an older sister and my mom also had really bad periods. And my sister also had really bad periods, like terrible cramps that just take us out for like, the first day is the worst. Like you cannot do anything else because you're so sick. And then probably for like a couple of days after and before are kind of like half sickness. Mm. Um, So yeah, so I've had 20 years of that. And growing up as a kid, there's, it was like, kind of shitty because you know like I said like my mom and my sister had the same thing and it was kind of just like well this is like being a part of our family or this is what it means to be a woman or a person with the uterus Mm. and that was like pretty unsatisfactory but as like a 13 year old 12 year old 15 year old girl like there's not that many resources out there for you at least there wasn't at that time Mm -hmm. um and then I like my mom brought me to my doctor to ask if there was anything we could do. And again, this would be like early 2000s. And <clears throat> so I got put on hormonal birth control to help with my period, which I think is pretty common. I don't oh, know if, if Friday, yeah. if you had that. Yeah. I, I didn't go on the pill for period reasons. I, I went on the pill because I wanted to start having sex with my boyfriend. Um, and so I didn't. It's pre-marriage. I, it's a, uh. <laughs> But there was no one before you, Jeremy. Oh, there was my no one before goodness. you. Um, no, but the 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 whole birth control thing is it seems to be the primary response to um that or acne. You have pain yeah. you have painful periods yeah. or acne and or acne, you should go on the birth control pill. And uh it's just like, oh yeah, no big deal. It's like a rite of passage. Yeah. Yeah. That's what you yeah. Do. Exactly. So your so- periods were bad right from the beginning. Yeah, right oh, from wow. the beginning. It's just like been feeling sick on the period for a long time. And um, yeah, so I went on the birth control pill. So probably got my period first as like a 12-year-old, went on the pill at like 15. So I think my parents were probably like, let's give her a couple of years, see if like it figures itself out. Now, 
Um, so one on the pill for that reason, not necessarily for contraceptive. Um, and like, it kind of helped, but I didn't really like it. There's, as you know, from probably your previous podcast or resources, there's a lot of issues with going on hormonal contraceptive, especially if you have period problems, because it doesn't actually fix anything. It just masks them. Um, and also when you're on hormonal birth control pill, and again, like I'm not hating on hormonal birth control pill. It definitely has its place and like it's helped many people, but speaking from my experience, um, it prevents ovulation, which is a really important just part of um, your life. Like, I don't know, a lot of people think of ovulation only in the sense of fertility, but it does so many other things like for your brain and for your body in other ways. Um, and it also, the hormonal birth control can deplete a lot of your nutrients. And I think that's part of what caused my issues as I like continued to get older. Um, so yeah, I went off the pill when I was 20. So I was on it for five years and then had like a lot of ups and downs coming off the pill, um, emotionally and mentally, as well as all my period pain symptoms coming back. And then it's just been probably 10-ish years of trying to get help for my um, symptoms. Mm. So basically what my symptoms are is leading up to my period, like can kind of start to feel it coming, like the fatigue, sort of feel some cramps coming in the abdomen and low back pain. Like my low back will always have a lot of pain in like the three or four days leading up to it. And then the first day of my period is just like tsunami of, <laughs> of like diarrhea and puking yeah. and like complete not able to function. Like no way I can go to work. No way I can go to school. Like I can't even leave the bathroom floor, like that kind Ugh. of thing. That's and that lasts for that. That's day one. That's day one. So that lasts mm-hmm. for like maybe four or five hours on day mm-hmm. one. And then after that, you basically just have to pass out. Um, I am also allergic to anti-inflammatory drugs. So I cannot take Advil or Midal. You can't take it. Oh, wow. So has any other alternative for pain relief ever been offered to you? No. So that's one thing I wanted to talk about today. I have like so many tips and things that I wanted to bring. Yeah. For anybody who is like, in a similar situation for me, just because I've had a lot of like trial and error with it. But uh, yeah. Before before we get to those tips, like one thing that I just want to point out, um, and I'm I'm glad you mentioned, you know, the fact that like you you, you don't have issues with hormonal birth control and this is your own experience, but you know, and again, maybe this is coming from my perspective because I'm a dude who uh, has never had to think about uh, hormone, hormonal birth control. Um, uh, but it, it was it. I'm 30. I'm a 34 year old man who, you know, I'm not super smart, but I also I'm not I'm not completely daft. And I feel like I've I know a few things, but it was only this year, like 2022, that I learned about some of the like serious risks and side effects that can come along with horm- horm- hormonal birth control. Um you know, things like, and, and of course, I, I do know that these things are considered rare, um, but I, even, even, even then, I, it, it did surprise me to hear that, that, you know, some people on hormonal birth control can experience things like blood clots or, 
you know, hypertension or, um, and, and, you know, that's, that's like on the riskier side of things. But even then, like even before that, you know, spotting or bleeding in between periods or like, you know, the, I think the only thing I really knew about was like the, the, the sort of mood swings and like the mood thing with hormonal birth control. Um, so like, it really did kind of surprise me. We, we had a, a woman on the show on, on sick boy on my other podcast who, um, she basically had a stroke, uh, because of her hormonal birth control Oof. and, and she was on birth control for, uh, I think over 10 years. And she said something, don't quote me on this, but like something to the degree of like afterwards, she found out that if you've been on birth control for upwards of 10 years, like you might want to start looking at stopping because, you know, over a decade on birth control is actually not the best idea. That's really long. And so like after that, after that episode, you know, my partner, uh, Kira, she, when we first started dating, she was on birth control and she had been on it. I think it was, you know, for her, it was like acne. She was taking it for acne Mm -hmm. when, you know, when she was young. And I was like, (laughs) I was, I was in full on like, like catastrophizing mode going, babe, get off, get off it. Like you're going to have a stroke. You're going to die. Get off it. And of course she was really afraid to get off it. She'd been on it for almost a decade. She was afraid to get off it because she was afraid of what might occur. Well, like, you know, will my periods be totally batshit crazy? Like what's going to happen to my body? Will my acne come back? Luckily she, she did stop and nothing crazy changed. She feels great. She's super happy that she did. Um, but the, the, the point of me bringing that up is that maybe, maybe there's somebody out there listening who is taking birth control and doesn't really recognize or, 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 or maybe just kind of like forgot if they were told a decade ago, mm-hmm. like, Hey, don't stay on this for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Maybe just like, just look at your situation and kind of check in. Eh, is it t- like, do I need to be on this? Is there, is there, is there like risk for me to be on this? Um, because again, I think when you, when you, um, when you start to do something for your health or for your body, and the longer you go on doing that one thing that just becomes routine, um, I think the easier it is for you to kind of forget that um, it's not this, it's not a necessity. It's not like brushing your teeth or eating or getting good sleep. It's, it's not, um, you know, you, you might not necessarily need it to be okay. Um, so, so anyway, I just wanted to like put that out there for anybody listening to this who's like, oh, fuck, I've been on birth control for a long ass time. It's uh, so maybe funny. Maybe just hearing you talk about that, I'm like, we've we've actually been those of us who have been on years of birth control have actually tracked our periods like quite, quite like concisely for the most part. Sometimes you're like, oops, that, that was four hours too late. But like mm. the whole thing about not teaching people the um, uh, fertility awareness method is like. They can't be trusted to, to be as like specific about this to use it as a a valid form of birth control but it's like wait a second we we did train like do it a a lot of people to just take a pill it's inherently a part of taking the pill yeah yeah, totally if you can do that you can you You can can track your period absolutely and yeah jeremy like thanks for bringing that up because i do want to say when i went on the pill there was no disclosure yeah of those risks Like, yes, it's in the package, but like, literally, I don't know if you've seen on social media, people opening it up and it's like 
10 to 20 pages of all the different side effects. Yeah. Um, so as like a 15, 16, 20 year old woman, like you're not going to read that. Yeah. I didn't. No. Um, but yeah. And of, co- like, and of course your physician, like, you know, yeah. not, no, no knock on, on doctors, family doctors, whoever, you know, whoever the people that they're describing prescribing that stuff. But mm-hmm. to them, it's like every day, every day they're, they, you know, some team is coming in. They're going, Oh yeah, here, just like do this thing. That is, that yeah. is inherently Wildly part of accepted. our society. And this oh. is like, yeah, we and your just, mom it's and just your crazy. Yeah. And like, not only should they be, and again, like you said, no knock on uh, family doctors, but they should be disclosing those risks yeah. so people can make informed choices. And there should be alternatives presented, yeah. such as the fertility awareness method and like some of the things I'm talking about today, which is through like diet and exercise and other ways that you can quote unquote fix your period symptoms. Mm. The, the other thing that I want to just kind of uh, touch on is I know, so Jess, I know that like you're, you're uh, highlighting um, period struggles, like period problems. Um, uh, and again, as, as the guy here who doesn't uh, take the pill and hasn't ever experienced a period, whenever I hear about like, oh, I have really bad periods, the mm-hmm. first thought that I go to is, oh, maybe it's endo. <laughs> like that's my like bad, um, uneducated doctor coming out uh, just because I've had a health podcast for seven years. So I'm like, I know, I know something. Um, so we're not talking about endo, right? Like, like endometriosis is not something that you experience or runs through your family or am I wrong? In that? Well, TBD. Um, but no, we're not talking about that really today because I actually got diagnosed with PMDD, which is um, on the more like mental, emotional side of things. Uh, but I've never phys- heard of this. PMDD. Yeah, yeah, and I'll I'll tell you about it. But the physical symptoms that I have are still ongoing, um, and I'm still like <laughs> searching for what's happening for endo. And I mean, Jeremy, like, feel free to jump in because I'm still trying to learn about this. But um, it's kind of hard to diagnose. Yeah it's pretty invasive. So you have to like take a full biopsy to diagnose um, the tissue on your outside of your uterus. And my doctor has not been like really willing to go down that path with me um, because one of the treatments for endo is going on hormonal birth control, which is not something that I'm interested Uh. in doing. (laughs) So we're in this like cycle. Um, so yeah, I may have it. I don't know. Right. Um, because it's just tricky to diagnose and right. the treat, the treatment is like, there is no treatment basically yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. We have, we have a long way to go with, uh, with yeah. endo for sure. Um, so what is PMDD? Yeah. PMDD stands for premenstrual dysphoric disorder. Wow. Um, yeah. So it's basically an extreme form of PMS. So PMS may affect like up to 90% of women or people with periods throughout their life. And uh, PMDD affects, I think, maybe like five to 10% of people. And basically what it is, is like, I, I like comparing it to PMS in some ways, but it's also different. But in the ways that it's similar is for people with PMS, it's like, the two or one week leading up to your period, you can have like a lot of irritability and anger and fatigue. Um, And this is like a real thing. Like, I don't know about you too, but growing up, if you're ever teased being like, oh, it's that time of the month, like, oh, they're PMSing, Mm -hmm. Um, like kind of getting teased for that. But that's like, this is a real thing that people experience. And I don't know, like, I just, I'm hoping for more like empathy as people learn more about this, but uh, 
but yeah. And so for me, I think my, my PMDD, like I've probably been undiagnosed with PMDD, not for that long, but maybe for like three or four years. Mm. Um, and it's, it got really bad. I think probably was like the summer of the pandemic. And basically what it was for me was the two weeks leading up to my cycle of really, really severe anxiety mm. and depression and fatigue where I like could not function. And like, I was just like laying in bed and like, couldn't really get up. Um, and do things. And and when you think of two weeks before your period, like that's half of the month or half of your life. So it got really, really hard to do like anything outside of the basics that you need to do, like school, work, um, whatever. Like I had no like extracurriculars that I could like feel that I had the energy to attend during mm. those two weeks and those things. Mm. Yeah. The part, the part of this that like, and uh, you know, we've, we've spoken to this at length on sick boy, um, is like the, the thing that Brian Taylor and myself just like, don't quite understand is how, like if, if, if once a month men experienced two or three days of the month where they were just sick, it was like, we get the, we get the, we get the monthly sickness, like the full moon comes and we get sick. New moon. The new moon. Like, yeah. Are you talking physical, physically sick or mentally sick I mean, it it doesn't matter either or physically sick, mentally sick, both like any, anything like that. Yeah. Uh, I guarantee you from a professional (laughs) standpoint, like for men or, or, you know, I I mean, I'll even say people with penises. uh, If that was the case every year or every month, Men would have no problem getting time off work, mm-hmm. getting time off doing like it's like oh you got oh you're sick yeah, yeah just uh don't don't worry about it. But women, it's you you have your period. It's not like you it's not like you can call into work and be like my I'm I'm having menstrual um <laughs> like issues. And they're like okay, they're but like suck, this again. Fucking suck it <laughs> up. Like everybody does. You, you know? were just out for that last month. <laughs> it it just it does it's it really is beyond me. It's like it's it's um. I, my response to that is I think all of society could, you you said something like it would be, we could empathize with people, but I just also think that if we could just accept that so many of us are moving with this inherent innate rhythm, Mm. then we would organize all of our things differently. We would organize ebb and flow of business differently. I mean, we would just, it would be more than empathy. It would just be built into our culture that this particular time of the month for individuals is going to be, they're going, their strengths are going to be in laying low and maybe look, you know, reflecting, you know, just like d- different ways to contribute yeah. to all of this. Just like make it an asset as opposed to something that incapacitates you mm-hmm. for half of your life. Absolutely, Bridie. And I just Googled it because I wanted to see which countries, but menstrual leave is apparently a thing in Japan, South Korea, Taiwan, Indonesia, and Zambia. Japan, man, Japan's got it down. (laughs) Japan has it figured out. Yeah. And I would love if we had that here. Um, Yeah. yeah, Like I agree with you, Jeremy, if it, if it was a man or, whatever like there would be a system in place where you would have like two or three uh, yeah. days off like no a, question a very different story it's yeah, like 75 sure. days out of the year 
Yeah, yeah, it's no, yeah, it's no, uh, it's it's like it's no joke. Yeah. If you, t- I mean, three three days of every cycle. If you were like, okay, these are the days that I don't, I'm definitely not yeah. going to the office. So so PMDD, um, mm. you you get diagnosed with this, and yeah, I just got diagnosed in March. Oh, okay, this recently. Is pretty so, new. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. So when you get that diagnosis, when you find out about PMDD. What is the discussion with your healthcare providers? Like, are, are they, do they basically come back to you and go, okay, you've got PMDD. It's, it's a way more severe, like version of PMS. And here are some of the things that we know you can do to like alleviate the symptoms or, or is it, you know, is it like a lot of issues that surround like health, uh, that, that, that have anything to do with people with uteruses that it's like, Hey, you got this thing. Fucking good yeah. luck, buddy. Like- <laughs> <laughs> and absolutely. And that's what it's been like for me, but like, oh, I guess fuck. it's kind of a, no, like it's a, sorry. It's um, that's what I wanted. The point that I wanted to make that you just went ahead and said it is actually with PMDD, I've been able to get help, which um, is amazing. Okay. But I think it's also interesting because usually there's a mental health stigma where mental health does not get the recognition that it deserves or the resources that it deserves compared to physical health. Um, But in this case, it's been flipped for me. So I just find that very interesting that as a woman or like for women's health, period care, like for physical symptoms is so archaic (laughs) that you have to get diagnosed with a mood disorder in order to get the help that you need. Right. What does that help look like? Like what are the what you know when you got the diagnosis like what were the things that they were like okay here's the here's the course of action uh, going forward yeah hell yeah so if anyone's out there that struggles with their periods mentally and physically there are things that you can do um so some of the treatments that were suggested to me i mean obviously hormonal contraceptives was one that they tossed up which i didn't choose that route um but there's supplements that you can try so calcium, magnesium, B6, and chastberry are some supplements. Um, and I tried that and it did help. Like it got me, I would say like 50% better. Oh, wow. Yeah. And then there's diet. So the whole thing with like the period diet is you're just trying to reduce inflammation in your diet. So it's like reduced alcohol, dairy, alcohol. Oh, I just said alcohol twice. Reduced <laughs> alcohol, dairy, and uh, caffeine. Mm. And increasing like lots of fruits and veggies and protein. Like it's really not rocket science, but it's just Mm. kind of like getting your diet in order um, and exercise in order. So I did like a lot of work over the last few years on trying to get that stuff up to speed. And I was like really busting ass trying to take care of that stuff. Um, And like I said, it did improve. But yeah, I got uh, through the help of this like specialty clinic that I was going to for my PMDD. I was kind of like, yeah, like I did all these things and the supplements like it did help. And so the other treatment course is antidepressants, right? which I'm on now, which has gotten me like right up to a way better state. So it's, and it's really helped. And it's interesting because it's indirectly helped all of my other symptoms that are like my physical symptoms just Mm. from being Mm. on antidepressants. Now the antidepressant part, is that something that you do? Um, like, is that like a sort of a chronically thing or is it like only when you're coming up to like the PMDD time, like the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the only when you're on your moon, <laughs> do you take the, the, yeah. So they gave me that option and I first started off taking it only on the latter two uh, weeks of my cycle. 
just to try that. And then I ended up, I just take it every day because to be honest, it was kind of hard to keep track of everything. Um, and like in terms of getting refills, I don't know what, what's up with this. Like I take this every day. I don't know why they can't just give me like six months worth when I go to the pharmacy, but since it's a controlled substance, they give me like 30 at a time. Um, so it was just like a lot of arranging that I wasn't really willing to do. Turn Me On Podcast will be back after this short break. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Do you guys want to hear something really interesting about Chastberry? Yes. Um, so uh, Chastberry, for people who don't know, which I didn't, is a plant uh, also called Chast tree. It's native to the uh, Mediterranean region in Asia. But the name Chastberry, what do you think the name Chastberry comes from? What's the, what's the etymology there? Well, it's got something to do with sex. Yes, it does. Chastity, chast. Chastness. Yeah. The name Chastberry may reflect the traditional belief that the plant promoted chastity. Mm. Uh, monks in the Middle Ages reportedly used it to decrease sexual desire. In the past, Chastberry extracts were used to treat a variety of gynecological disorders and skin conditions. Mm. I've, I've been treated with Chastberry before. Cool. Yeah, when I had my mm. eczema. Oh, yeah, mm. cool, sweet. Um, yeah, probably before the monks, it was originally used to treat pelvic yeah. and psychological symptoms of yeah. a, a person's cycle. Yeah, if, and if only the those monks mon- were like, mm, yeah, it, how it, can we co-opt if this? If only those monks knew that all they needed was a bowl of, uh, of um, uh, cornflakes, then uh, they'd, be, they'd be much better. I don't understand. You don't that, get that? Right? No. I don't do you get ma- it either. Do you remember John, John <laughs> Kellogg, the guy who made oh, Kellogg's? Oh, yes. John Kellogg, who made, who made Kellogg's cereal, made, Kellogg, made Kellogg's cereal As to, a- uh, to like 
prevent boys from masturbating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a long and complicated Bland cereal history. will keep you less horny. We, <laughs> he also had a, Kellogg also had a quite a effect on, impact on our use of hydrotherapy. We studied him in massage Ooh. school. Very, uh, very interesting human him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Personality. Yeah. Human flaws. Um, so when like the dietary thing, uh, anti-inflammatory type diet. So we're talking like, uh, what are we talking about? I mean, (laughs) are you keto now? No. Um, If you read the fifth vital sign, or maybe it's somewhere else that I got that. Actually, apparently carbs are really important for people who menstruate. I don't really know why, though. So apparently keto is not ideal. I mean, yeah, I'm sure it can uh, be. Yeah. No blanket diet is good for all people. Yeah. Um, Diet was something that I was really leaning heavily on, but it's been really nice now that I'm on antidepressants that I'm not as reliant on mm. it. If you know what I mean? Like it was really strict and that was not very fun. Yeah. It's stressful. Yeah. It's stressful. Like going away or like eating somewhere else. And then yeah. it was just like, yeah. yeah. You don't, you not- don't go out to eat. You don't eat at people's houses. Yeah. It's yes. like a weird restrictive thing. Then you're applying to yourself, but I like felt that I had to because it was actually working and preventing yeah. me from being so sick during my period. Yeah. Yeah. There's got to be a better way. I mean, again, if things were introduced to us earlier in our <laughs> lifetime, uh, you know, this is how we eat at this time of month. There's got to be I a better way. I, I, I only hear David Cross I can't when hear I say that. Say that without hearing that. <laughs> Do you know that? Do you know that bitch? There's got no. to be a better way. He's talking I love about, it though. He's talking about um, comedian Dave Cross. David Cross. He's talking about. Uh, Cutting things out of the newspaper with electric scissors. No, <laughs> with regular scissors. He can't go to a concert because he's got to cut something yeah. out of the newspaper. There's so, got to be a better way. So dumb. No, it's great. Yeah. And the better way is we just need to keep talking about it. And the medical community and family doctors, I think, could do a better job of helping out with that stuff too. But there's so many resources now. Like mm. there was not this when I was a wee thing struggling with this stuff and feeling like, you only had your family doctor to go to. Mm. Um, now there's so many resources and podcasts and like yeah. you can follow the period hashtag on Instagram. And like, that's how I've learned through so much of this stuff. That's just like been self-directed because there's no real help in the medical community right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we do live in, in like a digital age where a lot of that stuff is, uh, you know, if you, if you're, if you're mindful about the way that you utilize the internet when you're looking for information to like take care of yourself, um, it's pretty, it's pretty astoundingly amazing compared to, you know, when I was like 15, I guess like all I fucking had was like the collection of encyclopedias that my parents had that was like from 19 fucking, you know, 73. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, uh, the text was just far too small. And, there was no fucking I thought point. you were going to say like the porn shop that you worked at. <laughs> like, when yeah. I was 15, I only had porn <laughs> in the video yeah. store. <laughs> yeah. That's how I learned about periods. That's how I, yeah, and many other things as well. Uh, <laughs> what, what, okay. So these, these changes are, you say the antidepressants have caused the, the probably the biggest impact in changing the course of things. Where are you at with, with that now? Like, are you sort of like looking ahead and being like, is this my long-term management thing? Or are you using this time to like fortify 
I don't know, to get, like, are you still practicing some of those restrictive eating habits and mm-hmm. stuff like that? Like, is it all included as a part of your yes. regimen? Yes, it is. So now I'm just grown up to be an adult and like an adult woman and just trying to take care of myself the best way I can. Um, so I do all of the things, but it's been nice to have the antidepressants and be less like emphasis on one thing. Um, but yeah, I see it as part of my long-term treatment plan going forward. Um, I do like continue with my diet, but I'm not as strict. I'm just starting to exercise more. Um, I had an injury for the last few years that was preventing me from exercising as much as I wanted to. And the antidepressants has helped my injury heal and the supplements has helped my injury heal. Um, so I can do more exercise. Um, what was the injury? Yeah. Um, I was in a car accident in 2016. So I had like a whiplash injury in my neck, which is um, part of the reason why I stopped teaching yoga. I haven't taught yoga in a few years. When you like, what's the, for someone who, um, you know, I, I find this really interesting that, that you, you, you don't, you don't necessarily have depression. Um, but you do have this like, sort of like, like flash depression where it's just like, okay, we're going to like be depressed for a couple of days and then, and then it goes away. Um, like what do you notice when you take antidepressants, like on the off days of your cycle, um, you know, for those like two weeks or three weeks in between, like, do you, what, do you notice anything in your day to day? Are you like, are you, do you feel, you know, maybe a little bit more, um, like dull or like, or the opposite of that a little more yeah. energized or like, what's the, what does that feel like? So I might just back up and answer your question kind of like a backwards way um, and explain more about what PMDD, what they think it is. So during the menstrual cycle, obviously your hormones are like going up and down and doing lots of different things. Um, But around that midpoint of your cycle between ovulation and your period is when progesterone starts to rise. And for some people that has a calming effect on their body, but for other people, it can cause anxiety Mm -hmm. and it really depends on the person. And like, if you have some anxiety from that upswing of progesterone, like, I think that's pretty common and that's what causes PMS. Um, But what they think there's kind of two things with PMDD is that your brain is having trouble adapting to all of these like ups and downs that happen Mm -hmm. in your brain from these hormones. So they also think that people with PMDD have like, if you have other things in your life that have caused you like say trauma or other issues, um, you'll be like more sensitive to that. And your brain just kind of can't keep up with all those changes during the cycle. So it can have like a much greater effect on you when your hormones are fluctuating. Um, So I think that's probably what's happened to me, or there's kind of a different way of looking at it, which is you may just be kind of more prone to anxiety and depression, just like in your life. And then like, I've never been diagnosed with anxiety or depression before, but I like, I don't really have depression, but like anxiety is something that I do like sort of struggle with. So let's say I'm like kind of on the verge of someone who has an anxiety disorder during then those two weeks leading up to your period, it just emphasizes that it makes it a lot worse. Right. Right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. So I do take the antidepressants every day now, but at that time when I was doing it only for part of the month, um, I did notice a difference. Like it's kind of tough to say because like those symptoms, my symptoms get a lot worse at the end of the month, which is when I always 
have been taking it now ever since getting prescribed that. Um, so for the first two weeks, like you are feeling better anyway, so you don't need it as much, but, uh, I do like taking it every day. Cause like, it just makes me feel better and happier. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. The dysphoria word is interesting to me in that act in that, in that, um, term because my understanding of dysphoria, the only time I've really ever heard it used before was this, it, that's the word people say, Oh no, what's with body dysphoria? There's so there's a difference. Mm. So you, I think, I think you're, you're conflating two Gender words. So dysphoria. There's dysphoria, dysphoria and there's dysmorphia. Two different, oh, they're very, they're yeah, very yeah, different. Yeah. So dysphoria is a word that describes the, the definition of dysphoria is like, um, is like a feeling of unease or dissatisfaction. Okay. Um, so like gender dysphoria, I am uneaseful or I'm dissatisfied with my gender, my, assignment. my gender assignment. Mm-hmm. Um, dysmorphia is a very similar word, but very different. Dysmorphia is, uh, the definition of dysmorphia. I could be wrong about this, but like the definition of dysmorphia is something to the degree of like, um, like, a uh, sort of a mental inability to recognize what's the, like what the shared reality is. So like, you know, mm. I like I see myself in the mirror and I see a bunch of hair all over my face. There is no hair on your mm-hmm. face. But so you like you're not seeing the world clearly. Okay. I, I could be wrong. No, I could I be th- wrong with dysmorphia. But well, dysphoria for sure is like unease, dissatisfaction, discomfort. OK, yeah. Dysmorphic. Just it, I looked up dysmor- dysmorphia and it only seems to be related to body dysmorphic yeah. disorder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, and, and it is about uh, preoccupation with um, image, like, uh, yeah, with, like, flaws in your appearance, yeah, yeah, which are often unnoticeable to others. Yes, yeah, right. And yeah. well, yeah, morph being like more of of the body or yeah. physical. Yeah. Yeah, dysphoria yeah. is uh, is unsatisfaction. Okay, that yeah. makes a lot yeah. more yeah. sense. Unease, mm-hmm. yeah. Because I think about that, like I think about how, you know, right now I'm I'm moving towards ovulation in my cycle. So like every day, even if shit's like not really going well, yeah. like every day is getting a little bit better. And, like, you know, my body is like, I'm good. I'm ready to mate, you know, all that kind of stuff. And then in a week from now, old uh-huh. me would be like, why can't why can't I show up the same way I showed up last yeah. week? Yeah, mm-hmm. like exactly. I just feel like nervous. I'm like my partner's annoyed because I'm just worrying about stupid shit all the time. Or like maybe we fight more or whatever, and it's just like it's 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 really crazy making when you have an expectation that you're gonna be able to show up the same way every day, which is how what capitalism expects of yes. us. and then and then nobody teaches you about the natural natural fluctuations that are occurring in your own body exactly. and then you're, you're just like holding yourself to these standards is it like but the thing that's so wild to me is that this is a constant like this is a constant this is once a month every month mm-hmm. um 12 months of the year every year why can't 30, you shut up about it already eight years like <laughs> do, like you know is there does there come a point where i mean i'm sure for some people there is this point but it, but i'm sure for a lot of people you don't really ever reach this point where you just remember where you just go, Oh yeah. Yep. Like this is, uh, this is, this totally is normal. totally normal. This is, and not just like you, like for Todd, right. It's like yeah. every month Todd should be like, Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. This is happening. Yeah. Uh, and this happens every month. And like, he's starting to get there because I've started keeping track. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah right. 
But if we always knew from the get-go, like I think everybody would be more educated and understand easier, but we're all getting there. We're we're getting there. And yeah, people who are socialized as boys were like also tuned in to like not just make fun of it because the kids are always going to make fun of each other for everything, but to, to be like, Oh yeah, well, this is just a normal. Because like, yeah. I find that like sometimes I'll catch myself going, like with you know with like Why Kira, is it with my girlfriend like, showing yeah, up the same yeah way like with Kira I'll be like week. what the fuck is going on, and then like you know and then and then like the next month I'm like what the fuck is going oh oh actually I think I, I think I might know you know like it's like yeah. it's it's not it's not constant it's not constant in me catching it it's like every once in a while I'll go oh right right. Yeah. And sometimes yeah. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> I love the image of the world where it's just totally, it would have to, it would look completely different. That's the thing. I How could no we get everyone to, to get like cycle up on the same, what's that called? When you, when single psyching, you, cycle syncing. Yeah. yeah. How can we get everyone <laughs> to single psych? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to. I feel like sometimes I manifest my own symptoms because now that I know it's coming, I'm like, well, here we go. This is here comes the downfall, uh, the downward slide. Um, So I don't know whether it's like hindered me in that way, but I, I, you know, how can, I don't know if we want everyone to to sync up. Right. That might be chaos, like World War three. Yeah. Or just like really like a giant sort of human form, tropical storm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Totally. totally. Um, One thing that I would love to kind of throw to both you here. Uh, just for our listeners who maybe are like newer or or haven't been, you know, listening as uh, as intently as Jess has since the beginning of the podcast, um, <laughs> the fifth vital sign uh, period tracking. Um, what uh, can you guys like? You know, I know we don't have um, uh, Lisa uh, Henderson Jack, the author of the book here, uh, but we did do a podcast with her uh, um, about a year ago, maybe. And uh, fascinating episode, like totally mind blowing. I fucking loved every second of it. Um, but for folks who didn't hear that or, or aren't familiar with this like notion of period tracking outside of like, you know, the like my flow app or whatever, whatever that fucking app's called. Um, what is the fifth vital sign? Like what is period tracking it, um, from that kind of perspective or that practice? Yes, I can go first. I think kind of two different things. So the fifth vital sign is about how your menstrual cycle is an indicator of your overall health. And if you have issues with your menstrual cycle, then there's usually an underlying issue that needs to be uh, like investigated Um, and using it like kind of like you have your heart rate and your breathing rate and whatever, like the menstrual cycle is a perfect um, add into that. And then tracking. So I, I use the MyFlow app. I do like it. Um, It gives you like some good tips on the different phases of your cycle. And it also gives you dietary tips. So I like that. Um, and then you can also track like just charting and doing it in a non-digital way, which I also like to do. And it just, it's so, I mean, Bridie, like feel free to jump in because I know you do it too, but gives you such a stronger intimate relationship with your cycle and you can find out when you're ovulating and you know, when your period is coming. And I think all of those things can help you sort of adapt your life. If that's something that you're interested in or able to do, like, I'm really lucky that like I have a supportive partner and my workplace is supportive. Um, and you can kind of like adapt your, how you want to live your life based on where you're at in your cycle. Yeah. In the fifth vital sign, 
um, I do the bare minimum. I just want to know, like, when should I expect to have, like, my period? Like, mm. when should I expect to be bleeding? Um, I did for a time do... So the the standards of sort of measurement that are generally accepted to be the ones you want to keep track of if you want to use this method as for fertility reasons, like if you're yeah. trying to get pregnant or if you're trying to not get pregnant, yes. um, you want to be um, tr- tracking your cycle. So like w- the day that you start bleeding is day one of your cycle. No, like no matter when it comes, that's day one. And then you start to see like anywhere, you know, we're told it's 28 days. Birth control is like it's 28 days. But um, you'll see that anywhere, I think between, I think it's like 25 and 35 days is mm. pretty normal. Mm-hmm. And even if it fluctuates within that 10 days, like mm. that's all good. But like when my skin got really bad, um, last year and my period didn't come for two weeks, I don't know if I would have recognized, I would, I wouldn't have noticed that necessarily if I hadn't mm. been tracking because, you know, I go into the family doctor and she'd say, when's your last cycle? And I'd be like, I have no idea. Like I might have to vaguely connect it through events that I was doing at the time. Like, was I camping? Was I traveling? You know, whatever. And, and pinpoint the day that way. But now like I wanted to go in and get some blood work done. And, and my doctor was like, you should get that done done on day five of your cycle. So specific, right. Mm. For certain things that she was testing me for. And yeah. And so it's, it's just like good to know that the other thing you want to do, um, if you're going to do the, the full method is take your temperature, um, upon waking every day at the same time. So that's a really hard thing for people to wrap their heads around. I think it's like, it's before you stand up. So, you know, your alarm goes off at whatever time, you know, you're going to be in bed at waking up at around the same time every day and you put that thermometer in your mouth and you take your temperature because you don't um, put it in your hoo-ha no no you take your just you can do you probably could right you probably could but you just your oral temperature is I thought it was vaginal temperature it doesn't I don't know why I thought that. No, okay, no, no, okay no uh because um the rise in temperature that happens after you ovulate is proof in quotation marks that you've ovulated okay so you know because you could you know, like when you take the pill, you are not ovulating. So you're still mm-hmm. bleeding. It still looks like you're having a period. But but to be able to measure and see your temperature and the other thing that you're measuring um, is cervical mucus because there's different times of the month where that's thicker yeah. or when it's absent and the thickness and the viscosity can tell you where you are at and you're like if you're doing really if you're really fertile or, or not um, on that specific day. And then the position of your cervix, which requires like reaching in there and feeling around for it. And it's mm. probably developing some palpation skills, to be honest with you. I've never, I've done, I've like tried it a few times and I've never been like, I'm going to do this every day. So I haven't used that one. Now when you take your temperature yeah, and you say that there's a rise. It's by like half a degree. Oh, wow. Okay. That's not much. No. God, is it like, is your temperature that bang on every day? Like. I feel like it might, I don't know. I feel like my temperature would be like 0.2 degrees. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's not like your weight where like one day you're like 90, I don't know, 93, five and then 90. Actually, that'd be kind of cold. Yeah. (laughs) You go from like 36 degrees to like 36.5 degrees after you ovulate. I don't know that Celsius shit when it comes to my temperature. It's all, uh, it's all Fahrenheit over here. Um, (laughs) uh, yeah. the, The thing that I thought was so interesting about that conversation with the fertility method was that you know, not only is it this way to track your health and like to address maybe certain health issues, um, but also that it it's 
when done correctly, it is a it it's an extremely valuable and like valid wow. form of contraception. Yeah. Um. And and I think that's one thing that like again I think for me when I heard that I went whoa crazy that's that seems so outside of the norm to me because I've always thought that like you know uh the only good ways of contraception are like things that literally uh provide a barrier are, yeah like a like a condom or an IUD or some sort of pill um and so to hear that like no like you if you do this right that you don't have any there's you know you shouldn't be worried about any risks of you know yeah. unwanted pregnancy because you're you actually know the day the fucking hour that like it's safe and not safe to you know that was mind-blowing for me as well i didn't yeah. know that either until the book and your podcast on the book came out yeah, yeah. like what i can't get pregnant on every day yeah. cycle? like we know that but we still give ourselves like a wide berth even though it's probably like your window's like three or four days maybe. yeah 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 very cool very cool so for folks that uh that are kind of hear that and and again haven't listened to it i i highly suggest you go listen to our episode mm -hmm. called the fifth vital sign um but uh, the fifth vital sign is the book uh lisa hendrickson jack was the writer of that book um and i haven't read it but brad you said it's fantastic and it, jess you also said that you liked it as well so that's uh, two out of three of us that uh, are giving a raving review um in terms of other resources, uh, I know that you have a couple that you sort of sent our way and uh, they're they're new to me, but uh, maybe you can um, let us know. There's a couple of podcasts that you listen to that, uh, yeah. that you think are very valuable. The podcast series 28-ish Days Later, it's a BBC podcast by India Raxon, is so good. Has nothing to do with zombies that run really quick? <laughs> Has everything to do with zombies. <laughs> Um, I don't know. Have either of you heard of it before? No, I haven't. I've you, listened you to have? a couple of the oh. episodes. I started it, but uh, I, ha I haven't finished it yet. Okay. Yeah, it's so good. It goes through, um, each episode is pretty short, like around 15 minutes. And there's an episode for each day of the cycle. And the author investigates kind of like a different thing that's going on during the cycle at that time. Or they'll investigate kind of like stigmas around periods and like the history of how this stigma started way back when and so on um so that one's really good definitely check that one out and it's and a then, it's a mini series like it's a it's like yeah. a 28 ish episode series kind of thing oh cool that's neat i love that yeah, that's great yeah, yeah it's yeah. awesome and then there's the um the podcast episode dolorology which is the study of pain podcast which is Ooh. on the ologies podcast series with ali ward okay is it specific about uh, period pain or is it just pain? Like it's the study of pain. So it talks about how pain is actually biological, psychological, and sociological, all of those three things all at the same time. Mm. So our like, when we experience pain, you could experience the same, like they use the example in the podcast, if you stub your toe, say you stub your toe when you're already having a bad day or you're by yourself at home versus if you're like out drinking with your friends and you fall off your bike and you stub your toe, you're like, ah, whatever. Um, or I mean, maybe the alcohol has something to do with that, but <laughs> you're, the way that you process pain depends on like the context that you're in. So I listened to this podcast and I recommend it for everybody just 
even outside of the menstrual pain, like it changed my life, how I think about pain. It's so cool. But um, for period pain specifically, it's been really neat to see how it makes sense that if you're on antidepressants and you're feeling better throughout your month and your life is just like improving your quality of life that the, all the other symptoms that I have are starting to like get a lot less. Wow. Love yeah. that. Yeah. This all this uh, ologies podcast looks sick. I'm I'm really uh, I can't wait to dive into this. this yeah, really cool. Allie Ward. Uh, Allie Ward is that her name? Allie Ward. Yeah. Cool. And uh, oh, I was gonna say one other thing about the pain thing, but yeah, like I get like I said at the beginning of the podcast, my symptoms, my physical symptoms with my period are quite severe, and I started just on the antidepressants in the summer, like in June. And they've gotten a lot better. Like it's still early days. So I'm not like fully announcing that they're gone, but they're mm-hmm. like so much better. I'm not, I haven't puked in a while. Like I don't even get the like period poops or diarrhea anymore. It's been like, I still take the day off because I still feel like kind of fucked, yeah. but uh, it's getting so much better. Yeah. I'm so glad to hear that. Cause it's so much of your life. Yeah. Like people don't, <clears throat> don't I don't who don't have them don't really think about that but um yeah thanks for chatting with us about about this topic I just like I can never get enough of it yeah yeah no it's uh I mean I love I love talking about this stuff it's so fascinating well too like when it's hard enough to find just like clear concise information it's like well then what we have to do is just talk about it and get our our compiler like tips and tricks Mm mm-hmm uh, Jess, thank you. This is this has been real a real treat. It was so nice to sit down and, and get to pick your brain uh, about PMDD and your period struggles. Uh, we're rooting for you and uh, and keep us posted on on how this journey goes for you. Thanks. It was so good to chat with you two too. Thanks for having me on. All right, there we have it, folks. Hope you enjoyed that conversation that we just had. And uh, thanks for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast further, you can do that by leaving a rating or a review on Apple Podcasts, or you can simply rate the podcast on the Spotify mobile app. And uh, if you want to uh, support the podcast even further than that, which you can. Wow. You can You're go to so kind and thoughtful and so generous. Thoughtful, so generous. Go to patreon.com slash turn me on uh, to become a patron and help us uh, keep this podcast afloat. Well, if you want to reach out to us, turn me on podcast at gmail.com is always open for all of your messages. That's the best way to get in touch. If you have a question for us, if you'd like to be a guest on the show, if you have a recommendation for a guest on the show, or if you just want to send us a little love note, uh, email money transfer, uh, all of that sex toy, <laughs> you know, we're, we're our email inbox is open to you. That is it for this week. Until next week. Why don't you go touch yourself? Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. 
Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.